Um, Sefi Yitzira is the, is the source of one of the most fundamental concepts in Kabbalah, which is both the concept of the Sfirot and also their number, the number being ten. Now in the first half of the, of the first chapter, um, we, got, we received one portrayal of what are the ten Sfirot. The ten Sfirot were defined as a five-dimensional reality in which the ten Sfirot are ten depths, the, being the six directions, which are the, th the three basic dimensions, the dimension of time, one sphere being a omic reshit, a depth of beginning, and the, another omic achrit, a depth of, of end. Um, and then finally, a fifth dimension being good and evil, omic tov, omic ra, a depth of good, a depth of evil. But we now begin a new um, view of the world of the Svirot, a very different picture emerges in the second half of the first chapter, showing that the world of Svirot is a very, uh, how complex these, this reality is. Um, and we know that there are many systems of Kabbalah in which we have these types of complexities. For example, the Ariya Kadosh, he talks about God, Igulim and Yoshar. God is connected to the world in a circular fashion or in a linear fashion. And here too, in the second half, we, we receive a portrayal of the Svirot, which is not a center point going out into different directions as in the first half of the chapter, but rather a sequence from one, from one to ten. I think it might be interesting to point out that we know that in many ways the Svirot can be seen as divine as, as light. Light is often an image of the divine um, expressing itself. And we know that in fact in physics, light itself, light as qualities as a particle, and light could also be a wave. So even in the physical reality, quantum physics have taught us that we have a dual nature to even what seems to be the rock um, Obje um, objective nature of reality. Okay, so now we will continue our study with the ninth Mishnah. Um, let's see if um, so maybe look on together because I think I just used up my. Oh, oh there is another copy. Fine, great. Eser Svirot Blima. The ninth Mishnah begins as the previous um, seven Mishnayot with the phrase Eser Svirot Blima. There's a concept called the Svirot. There are ten of them. And the role of the Svirot is Blima, a concept we've discussed in the past. But now we begin the order anew. Achat, one, the first Svira. Ruach Elohim Chaim. The Spirit of the Living God. Um, and again... We, one of the messages we've seen all through is that the realm of the divine is what is beyond the world of Sefirot. In fact, when talking about God, Sefir instead of saying God is one, the one, or number one, God is before one, what do you count? And here we really could see that, is that the world, one begins with the first of the ten Sefirot. But God is, which is before one, what do you count? 
So here let's see that Elohim Chaim, the living God, that's divinity itself. And the first Sphira is called Ruach Elohim Chaim, the spirit of the living God. And in many ways, um, we, there's a close connection between any person or thing and the spirit of the thing. The spirit of, the, the spirit of something is not the thing itself. But it is something which emanates from the, um, from the thing itself. So here we have, there is God, Elohim Chaim, and the Sfirot are the spirit that emanates from God, which is not, which is not, not God itself, but it's, as we recognize in other contexts, the spirit of God. Now, the next phrase says, Baruch umvarach. Shemo Shalchai Holimim. Blessed be the name of the uh, of the life of the world. Now, so we have two parallel phrases that God is being called Elohim Chaim, the living God, and God is expressed as Chai Holimim, the life of the universe. A connection to um, and then we have the and the Sfirot, we have an expression. First, the expression is called the Spirit, the Ruach Elohim Chaim. But in the second phrase, it is called the name, the name of Chai Olamim. And in many ways, an, um, a name is really, a name is not the thing itself. Exactly, right. We said God is beyond, is, is beyond any of the names. A name tries to capture something of the spirit of that which is being depicted, but it's but there's a distinct but we distinguish between the thing itself and its name, the thing itself and its spirit, and we're and here we're describing the first sphera is like the name, the spirit, but something which is beyond the um, the um, divinity God God um, God itself. Um, in terms of the, the usage of, of, of life, in terms of the usage of life as a depiction of God, there's a very beautiful passage in, in Rav Kook, in his work, Shmona Kvatsim, that um, very poetic. I'll read it in the Hebrew and then I'll try to translate some into the English. Um, Rav Kook writes, Ziv or Elohim, the shine of the light of God. Hamamalei et olamim kulam fills the universe. Mechayer umaraveltam mideshen nom elyom invigorates, um, waters them with the pleasantry of above, shalmokorachayim, of the source of life. Harihu notein kochayel, this is what gives the strength, b'neshamot, b'malachim, b'kol yitzur, to all of life. When we feel we've touched life, we feel life. What is it we feel when, when our feeling of I feel life itself? Rav Kook sees this as a life itself as an emanation of God. There, God is the source of all life. The living God, the life of the universe is the source of life. And the the the, the the shine of the light that comes out of the source of light is what gives us the feeling of life itself. 
So here again I feel it's apropos to this paragraph which talks of God as Elohim Chaim, Chay Olamim, from which emanates the Ruach, emanates the name as part of the process of the unfolding of creation. Rafi. How, like, what's the difference between the spirit of like, the Ruach of God and God and like, divinity? What's, that, what's the difference? Um, I can only think about it in some ways in the human analogies. You get, there, there could be a person, you say, that the spirit of that person, the spirit of that person, it's... it's, it's his, his, like, the vibes he gives off almost, like his aura. The vibes, the aura. In some ways we know that when we talk about humanity, you, we, there, in, the, in, the, in the story of Gan Eden, by the creation of humanity, we say, V'pach be'apav nishmat chayim. God blows, blows a soul into, through our, into the nose, a soul of life. There too, that's an expression I feel of this ruach, of the spirit. Um, it's not, we are at Selim Elohim because the spirit of God, this breath of God ha- has entered us. And of course we know that the, the choice of, of ruach Elohim as being this primeval manifestation of the divine, of course goes back to the very beginning of the story of the creation, that before the story of creation even begins, we, we, um, before the first day that God says, let there be light, we have the second verse of Bereshit saying, talking about Ruach Elohim Rechefet Apneyatahom, about the Spirit of God floating over the, the void. Okay, now the Mishnah continues. Um... Kol v'ruach v'dibur, voice, spirit, and speech. Suddenly, we see the word ruach gets a new new meaning in this phrase. In English, breath and spirit are separate words. In Hebrew, ruach, ruach could be the spirit of. Baruch could be also referred to the breath, the, the physical manifestation of Ruach. Ruach Chaim is, is um, the low Ruach Chaim is a way of saying someone has died. He has, no longer has the, the spirit of life. Relates to wind. The what? Relates to wind. So, also, Ruach also in English is wind and direction. Ruach has a lot of meanings in Hebrew. But here, the word Ruach gets a context. The, by connecting ruach to kol, which means voice, and dibor, meaning speech, we've gone yet another step in creating something which I feel is very essential to Sefer Yitzirah, the parallel between human creativity to divine creativity. God, um, God has the spirit ruach, which is the, the breath of God, but here we talk about voice and also speech. And this sets up as creation is being connected to speech, a major theme of Sefer Yitzirah, which, which again creates a potential for allowing the human to parallel the divine, because humanity also, we have our ruach, our spirit, our breath, we have our voice, and we have our speech. V'hu ruach ha-kodesh. But relating to God, the ruach of God is ruach ha-kodesh. When we refer to Ruach HaKodesh, so when he sees Ruach HaKodesh, 
This is what it's receiving, this first primeval emanation from God of, of Spirit. And this forms a background for the next Mishnah, um, the tenth Mishnah of Sefer Yitzira, that talks about the second Sphira, Shtaim, two, Ruach, Miruach. The first Sphira is Ruach, the second is Ruach, Miruach. The, not that first spirit or breath that comes out of God, but the ultimate, but all that which comes out of that first breath. Um, in many ways, we saw that the first two sefirot in that first order presented by Sefer Yitzirah in Mishnah 5. Um, Mishnah 5 had the sefirot, Eser sefirot blima, um, the first two were Omik Rishit Omik Achrit. A depth of beginning, a depth of end. And here, Ruach Elohim Chaim, as number one, this is a depth of beginning. The Ruach, the breath, the spirit comes out from the deepest, innermost place. Ruach Miruach is the greatest expanse that this spirit ultimately. Um, achieves and and um, and ends up at where so so here ruach and ruach meruach are paralleling omik reshit omik achrit a depth of beginning and a depth of end. Now, <coughs> the Mishnah continues by telling us about the letters esrim eshtaim otiot yisod twenty two basic um, letters the letters of the Hebrew alphabet. Shalosh imaot, sheva kfulot, pshutot. And this is a breakup of the 22 letters that will be expanded on um, later in Sefer Yitzira. What's irrelevant for now is Veruach achat mihem. We have a message. There are 22 letters, but there's one spirit that unites the 22 letters. In order to speak, you can only speak when you have breath. If you're on the moon and there's no air, no atmosphere, you cannot speak. The physiological phenomenon of speech is we inhale air and we let the air out in different places of our mouth and this creates the different letters. Now, there's some basic, um, ba basic principles in Sefer Yitzhirah that all come together here. First of all, from the story of the creation of the world, which gives a big role to speech. Vayomer Elohim, Yehi Or, Vayor, God said, let there be light, and there was light. Creation is seen as divine speech. Divine speech having a power to not only depict what is, but create what is. So speech is about creativity. And here we're saying that divine speech is also about the story of creation, Sefi Tzira, the great drama of the world, is the movement between the oneness of God, or the before one of God, the unity of God, to reality as we experience it, as being so multifaceted. The world is so varied, so broken up, and this, this is part of the blessing and the beauty of the world. But the story of creation, Sefi Tzira, is 
is unity to multiplicity. And, and one step in, in going from unity to multiplicity, that first sphira is also oneness, the, the, the one ruach, the one spirit of God. But that one spirit ultimately breaks up and become, into the 22 unique letters. And these letters have already, by having separate letters, we already have multiplicity. And we know from multiple letters, the multiple words, and you can get infinite um, variations. But this turning point is depicted now. From that one ruach emerges all these letters. This is the connection point between the one and the many. And again, this goes back to that physiological reality that we know, because it's true for humanity as well. We take in a breath, a fresh ear, the ruach, the ear, the breath that we take in, we later emit that ear, and depending on where we stop our mouth, the letters are created. There are 22 different ways to create, 20, to create these letters. Um, but ultimately, as we saw earlier, Sefisira, after telling us about the multiplicity in the world, always brings us back to the one. Yes, there are many letters, but all these letters are an expression of one spirit. The same way that we say many things, but everything we say is an expression of that one breath of ear that we inhale. Okay, and now let us go to the next Mishnah, um, 11. Shalosh Mayim Miruach, another transformative moment in creation, going from the water coming out from Ruach, which Ruach also means ear. And in many ways, we know this is true. Water is H2O. And water is really taking oxygen and hydrogen together. So in many ways, it's true that water is ear, gases that come together and somehow congeal and ultimately create what we know as water. So water is, is a fundamental building block of life of the world. We're the blue planet because we're... we're most of the planet Earth is covered up with water. And this water is a development from these gases. The ear becomes water. Another aspect of water, which I think is um, very interesting, if you look at the story of creation, water, just like Ruach Elohim Chaim, the Spirit of God, really precedes creation, so too water precedes creation. Nowhere in the story of the creation of the world do we talk about the creation of the water. Before the first day, in, in the second verse of Bereshit, it tells us about Ruach Elohim Merachefet Apneyamayim over the face of the water. So water is also seen as a primeval entity that precedes the um, creation as we know it. In fact, a lot of creation is about dynamics within water. The, we separate, on the second day, we separate between the waters above and the waters below. On the third day, we separate between waters, water and the dry land. So water itself um, the, unveils creation. 
but, but that also leads to something which is primeval to creation. In fact, in the, in the, in the, in the summer, in the yeshiva, we learned mikvaot, about the power of water to purify. And a lot of the ideas are that water also does not have any set form. When we enter a mikvah, one of the most important halachot of mikvah is that you have to be 100% under the water. Even if one here floats on the top of the water, it's as if you were not tovel in a mikvah. You have to be 100% under the water. And the sources talk about mit, um, mikvah is working based on bitul, about annulling. You enter the water and you lose your form. You've become, you've become nothingness. And when you come out of the mikvah, you've been reborn, recreated with your um, receiving your form again, and that rebirth is what allows the, the purity, the taira of the mikvah. And we see this very much in what the parsha that we read, read this Shabbat. In Parshat Breshit, we saw the world coming very much from water. The story of the flood is God pressing the reset button in the world. The waters above in the heavens, the waters below in the in the tahom, the, the void, um, each of them uh, move till they're reunited, and the waters reuniting erase all of creation. So water is something that precedes form creation, and within it, um, life and creation comes about. And this is also very much true in different theories of evolution that sees that the water is the source of uh, a critical for the source of the evolution of life as we know it. Okay. Chakak v'chatzav behem. Engraved and carved out of them. Chaf bet otiot. 22 letters. Mito uvo. Out of the to uvo, the chaos. Refesh v'tit. These are different mud and, and um, cement. We have a movement between the ear the non-concrete to water, which is already more concrete, and somehow the water coagulates and becomes something more solid. And from this, we have letters emerging. Chakakan, and we could ask, why do we need letters? We already spoke about the letters in the previous Mishnah. The previous Mishnah spoke about letters in the context of ear, breath. Here again we talk about letters, but that's because... Language has two manifestations. There is spoken language, spoken language, which is, um, we, we have spoken language, and that's what we do with our breath, but there's also written language. And here we're talking about that concrete manifestation of language, the written word, and therefore we're moving towards the tan from the untangible to the very tangible. Chakakan Kaminaruga. We carve the letters out. Um, there's a garden, chatzvan, um, engraved like a wall, sachacham. We put like schach, a roof on, kmin maziva. Um, here, there is a garden, is like the floor. The, um, we have the wall and then we have the roof. In fact, many letters in the Hebrew alphabet have the floor of the letter, like the letter bet has a floor on the bottom. 
then the letter has a line that goes up, and then there's some sort of a roof on the letter. So you can see that they used to have the, the um, watches, like Shimshon has, that there's, they used to have it that you would see the, um, the diff, all the different numbers would come up, that they would light up different parts. So you'd have the top part, the bottom part, and the side parts, and from that you could construct all the um, different letters and, and numbers. Um, so here, here we, here we talk about the formation of the letters. Uh, carving out from the water things, we achieve that which is even more concrete, and we carve out the different letters. V'itzakaleim shelig, and we put on them shelig. Shelig is water that's, that's hardened. V'naseh afar, and, we, and something even more concrete is, is achieved. Afar, shene'amar, kile shelig, yomar, hu'eretz. So here we've seen a movement from the divine to, um, to getting more and more concrete. From God to Spirit of God to the Spirit of the Spirit to the water to, um, and ultimately becoming snow and earth itself. And so it's the non-concrete to the concrete, which also goes together from the one or um, to, the, to the many. Okay, so these are the first elements in, um, of, the, of the spheroth, the first of the three. Um, next time, we'll, tr- we'll continue the, this list um, and, and hopefully finish this first chapter of Sefer Yitzira. Self davar, hakol nishma, et ha'elohim yira, ve'et mitzvotav shmor, ki zeh